This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man across the studio for me is Scott Chasen of Fog.net. Scott, this is it. This is it the last show mm-hmm. of the year. Last one of the year. It's nice to be actually back here. I know we were concerned, depending on how the tournament went. I could have been in Indy still, but it's nice to see your face today. Uh, it's got to be. It really is. <laughs> uh, later in the show, we'll update you. Did I come back in the predictions from 40 games down? Stay tuned for that. <laughs> you can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question. Make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both GoPowerCat and Fog.net. And that will be Monday for the last time this year Mm because it's the last show. We'll start things off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Scott, KU's basketball season came to an end with a blowout loss to USC. What did you make of this year for KU? Was it a success or failure? Well, Fitz, this was a question we kind of approached in the weeks leading up to the end. You know, what would make this a success? What did KU have to accomplish? I don't think you can call this year a success for KU, just for the simple fact that KU really didn't accomplish anything, if you think about it. I mean, they didn't win the Big 12 regular season. They didn't win the Big 12 tournament, obviously had to withdraw from that. They didn't make the second weekend of the NCAA tournament because of a very, very good and probably very, very underseeded USC uh, team that entered, obviously, the or entered the Sweet 16 as a top 10 team, according to Ken Palm, actually number six in the country. So uh, Isaiah Mobley, Evan Mobley, the Mobley brothers, very, very impressive. Kansas uh, did well to kind of get past its first NCAA tournament game, uh, but that luck quickly ran out. I think the COVID issues fits really uh, hurt the program down the stretch of the season. Now, when I think about Kansas basketball, what to kind of make of this season, I again view this in the context of a rebuilding year because that's what this was for Kansas. If last year's Kansas team had gone on to win a national championship or certainly make a Final Four, I mean, it ended the year as the number one team uh, by a pretty big margin in college basketball, I think we would all collectively view this Kansas team differently. It would be a more defined rebuilding team instead of a kind of an unfinished business type of vibe that came because COVID shut down the postseason. This Kansas team earned a three seed. It finished second in the Big 12 against uh, to a very good Baylor team that Kansas did beat. It didn't lose in the Big 12 tournament. The Jayhawks uh, withdrew after a positive COVID-19 test. I think those things are building blocks. Those things can be positives. Um, I, I just think it's so hard to view it as a success fits when you don't really win anything. And again, that's kind of where the Jayhawks were. Rebuilding year, not a terrible year. Three seed is fine. Second in the Big 12 is fine. 
but I don't know if there's any way to call this one a success. Yeah, it was a strange year, out of character year for Bill Self's program, and I really appreciated how candid he was in that post-game press conference mm -hmm. against the Trojans about how they just weren't athletic and long enough, which is an odd thing for KU basketball. Yeah, and we'll talk about that more here in a little bit. Well, Fitz, K-State finished the season playing its best basketball of the year. But there was talk of Bruce Weber not returning next season. Certainly, we've talked about that on this show a bunch. What's the latest on K-State basketball here? Well, they are aggressively recruiting, uh, mostly through the transfer portal right now. They've got about four open scholarships. Mike McGurl has decided to come back, but that's kind of neat because uh, he won't count towards the scholarships as a returning senior. So K-State can really supplement itself here by getting some players out of the transfer portal. The, the problem is, is they're looking for two guards. They really, they kind of want to go to, a, you know, three shooting guards out there on the floor together with McGurl and Pack and someone else. And that's a premium right now. There's a lot of good ones out there, but there's even more programs looking for that, including Kansas is, is searching for the same type of player. Uh, I'll be intrigued to see if they take a couple players out of the portal, which I think would be advisable. Maybe. You know, a stretch four if they can find one. I, th I think there's a couple in there. Again, that is an in-demand, you know, an athletic four-spot guy. A lot of teams want that. K-State finished strong. There's no doubt about it. They were playing their best basketball of the year. They kind of had their guys together. But as, as soon as the season was over, both of the Gordons decided to transfer um, along with Rudy Williams. And it opened up, a, you know, just a bunch of scholarships. And it's just been a... Uh, a venture into the unknown because they have to get much better next year and they do have some nice pieces but Scott I don't know they had uh, enough pieces to really take the kind of step Bruce Weber will need to uh, continue on after next season they really are shorthanded on pure scores they don't really have any maybe Nigel Pack is but uh, they've got to get some more guys they just can't score enough and that's a symptom of Bruce Weber basketball as a total I mean they're never really elegant to watch on offense it's all about defense they got really good at defense as the year progressed but you know winning a combined seven big 12 games over a two-year period is pretty atrocious the worst back-to-back -back seasons in program history and improvement has to come radically next year by winning more than seven uh, in one year your accomplishment for two years so it's mm -hmm. A lot of progress needs to be made, Scott. Yeah, fits a little bit of uncertainty for different reasons with Kansas and Kansas State. Now you're seeing coaching changes all over the Big 12. Yeah. Already what? Iowa State, Oklahoma, Texas. It's it, it, it's shaping up to be a pretty crazy offseason, I think, for a it lot of Big be. 12 schools. It really will be. Well, Scott, the Big 12 was down to Baylor heading into the Sweet 16, and Baylor is still dancing into the Elite Eight. What do you make of the path for the Bears the rest of the way? Well, it looks good uh, if you're Baylor. You're probably going to be tested here in this next round, maybe by Arkansas. But, uh, you know, Arkansas hasn't impressed me. Baylor has. Baylor looks like the Baylor that was, uh, I guess, the Baylor before the, the COVID-19 break. The Baylor that was winning all of its games uh, by double figures, played, you know, didn't play a game closer than, I think, eight points. That was the margin of the KU game, only after a walk-on hit a three-point buzzer beater to uh, make some folks in Las Vegas and other areas uh, pretty unhappy. But the, the thing that impresses me so much about Baylor, obviously they have shot-making guards. You see Jared Butler just pulling up and knocking in a shot there. They have athletes. They have the ability to lock in defensively and absolutely wreck a game. They have so many good players, good college veteran guys, guys I think uh, will be pro ball players. But when they're not making shots, uh, it, you almost don't even notice it sometimes. I, I looked up in that... 
a Villanova game they just won. And Fitz Baylor was, I think, 3 of 18 or 3 of 19 from 3, a horrible percentage. Uh, you know, that type of percentage had Kansas losing by 25 to Texas in Allen Fieldhouse. Except Baylor was up like 10. And that just speaks to the level that, that Baylor, this gear that they can hit that no one else can. Because what Baylor can do defensively, uh, while maybe it hasn't been as consistent on the year, and certainly as of late since the COVID pause, it, it really seemed to affect them defensively. When they get into you, especially those guards, they make it impossible to dribble. They have three guys on the perimeter that I think challenge and, and just do a better job of making you uncomfortable than probably any collection of guards that no fits we've seen in a long time. Maybe Kansas last year with Devon Dotson, Marcus Garrett, um, you know, and Ochai Abaji, maybe. But but even then, there's a little bit of a drop-off. Uh, this Baylor team is so good defensively, can shoot the ball so well. I, I love their pieces. Their path isn't that hard the rest of the way. It'll be a double-digit seed if they can get through Arkansas. I think they've got a great shot here. And it's been a weird year, and it, it came right into the NCAA tournament. You would have thought the Big 12 and the Big 10 would have had more teams advance, but now they both have one seeds that have made it to the Elite Eight. Um, and so for all the upsets we've seen, we could still end up with three one seeds in the <laughs> Final Four, so it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, what was the biggest surprise of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament? We'll go to your results on a couple pages here. First, uh, Oral Roberts over Ohio State, about a quarter of people, 26%. Abilene Christian over Texas, that got 16% of the vote. C, Syracuse upsets West Virginia, another 16%. And the winner, I think this is the right call fits. Mm -hmm. So many people had him in their national championship games, myself Mm -hmm. included. Illinois upset by Loyola, Chicago, the Ramblers, 42% of people saying that was the biggest surprise. I mentioned three seeds, three number one seeds may make it to the final four. Illinois was the fourth. (laughs) Here is this week's question. How will Baylor's basketball season end? And here are your answers. Pretty simple. They're going to win the national title. They'll get to the game for the national title, but lose. They will lose in the final four semifinals, or they're going to lose their next game in the Elite Eight. Make sure you vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on the Drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. And the two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Scott, we talked about the last season to start off the show. What about next year? How different will the KU basketball roster look? Well, Fitz, you mentioned it. After the USC game, Bill Self said, you know, athletic, longer. He wants to see some changes take place with this KU basketball roster. Now, uh, in terms of departing players that we know for certain right now, Marcus Garrett uh, would be the expected one. I guess technically we don't know. He could take advantage of an NCAA given kind of extra year for all seniors to return, uh, but most likely he's going to be moving on. So uh, from there, you look at the highlights of this game, KU-TCU. 
uh, that took place in Fort Worth. And why did we pick these highlights to show you? Well, Marcus Garrett didn't play uh, in this game. This was Dewan Harris running the show at the point guard position. Uh, and if the Kansas roster, if it stays as currently constructed, this is largely what the team would look like. And, and obviously this was a very impressive win for Kansas. I think the Jayhawks won by 30. Uh, TCU obviously not the best team this year, and this was a game where it all came together from Kansas. But, you know, someone who played really well in this game was Tristan Anaruna. Uh, sophomore wing who uh, really had had a quiet kind of first two years, actually played less this year, if you can believe it, than last year, although mostly because of more players and more pieces on the team. Tristan Anaruna is a guy that I think there were high hopes for uh, coming in, high expectations for him, the, the belief and ability that he could play didn't really materialize on the court this year. In the second game, the return meeting against TCU, Tyon Grant Foster was huge. He played a very big second half for the Jayhawks, I believe had nine points, five rebounds. He's another one didn't really play as much as the year went on. If you're talking about departures and additions to the roster, for every play player KU adds from here, someone will have to depart. The Jayhawks are basically full on scholarships with who they're adding, who they're, who they're losing. So every name the Jayhawks bring in, for, exa uh, for example, Brandon McKissick, a transfer out of UMKC, Ty Ty Washington, a high school player still available late in the class, um, that would mean one more departure. I think those are the two names you probably start with. Uh, if you're looking at guys who are going to exit the program just because of the simple factor of that, they didn't play. But uh, you know if the guy's returning, you're probably going to have Ochai Abaji back. You're going to have Jalen Wilson. You're going to have Christian Brown. You're going to have David McCormick. You're going to have Bryce Thompson. Fitz, I see Kansas probably as a top five, top ten team entering the next year, especially if those guys improve. You land a couple of transfers or, you know, the right high schooler, maybe that gets up a little higher. But I do think Kansas has a lot of good pieces coming back. I like how you only address basketball because nobody knows what football will look like because nobody knows who will be the coach. Mm -hmm. What a mess. What yeah. A mess. Well, Fitz, uh, the K-State sports season was a, a bit disappointing. What do you think next year will look like for Wildcat football and also Wildcat basketball? Well, I'll start with football first, Scott. It, it was a weird year on the football side because K-State started off 4-1, and one, including a really impressive comeback win at Oklahoma that seemed to set the tone for a big season for K-State, and it, it fell apart uh, not long after that. A couple more wins, and, and then uh, K-State really came apart at the seams. It was a weird year for K-State football. They were fighting some depth issues. They had some COVID issues. And honestly, they had some locker room issues where they had a bad mix of guys, and most of those guys are now gone through the transfer portal. People ask me all the time, whether it's friends or just people I see out and about in town, uh, what will K-State football be like? Because everyone's so uncertain right now about the future of the football program. You're going into year three of a new coach. Year one was pretty good, and year two was a step backwards. You don't want to see the program sliding. Well, the good news is Deuce Vaughn's back. He, you know, can get another year if he wants to. He's listed as a sophomore for right now. And Skylar Thompson's back, and that's really the big key here is since the senior quarterback got hurt, he was being afforded a new season no matter what, like any other player. But he's able to come back, and he wanted to because of that injury. And anytime you got a veteran quarterback, you're at a big advantage. Uh, now, the storyline on the hardwoods a little bit different. K-State was not good for most of the year and then surged at the end, which is the opposite of football. They have a couple really, really nice freshman pieces in Nigel Pack and Davion Bradford. There's other good freshmen. Uh, but notice the theme here, Scott. There, there's a great freshman running back coming back for another year. Some, some really promising freshman basketball players. So I think the program's future, program's plural, 
future is looking really good uh, for K-State basketball. I also really like Selton Miguel, who I think will only get better and better. And they, too, have a senior coming back in, Mike McGurl, who's taking advantage of what you talked about with Andrew mm -hmm. Wiggins, the, the kind of the COVID exempt year for any senior that wants to come back and, and be a senior again. I wish I had done that, uh, and I wasn't even an athlete. But I'm really, I'm very optimistic. I, I think K-State sports kind of bottomed out in 2020, 2021, and we're going to see them start coming back up next season, and it should be fun to watch. But they do have some young players mm -hmm. that are going to be around for a long time, and that always makes you hopeful. Yeah, that is one thing KU and K-State share, both sports really, some good young talent. Yep. And now we step out of bounds, and out of bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance, Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Fitz, as we're taping this, we know six of the eight teams that'll be in the Elite Eight. So let's get your updated pick here. What do you have for your national title game? I, I'm going to do a complete 180 on myself, Scott. I, I wanted to see what Gonzaga could do. Mm -hmm. uh, stepping out of the conference and playing uh, out of the conference. And, and granted, I, I thought the West was the weakest regional. They had mm -hmm. the easiest path to get to the Final Four. They are absolutely demolishing everyone <laughs> in their path. Oklahoma, I thought, played a really good game. <clears throat> it's probably the best game Oklahoma's played down the stretch. They struggled so much. Mm -hmm. They played a really crisp game. They, were, they did what they wanted to on offense. They defended as well as they could on defense. And they never stood a chance. <laughs> I had picked Illinois to win because Illinois was doing that to people uh, down the stretch of their season. And then, you know, Loyola, Loyola Chicago got them, which was, you know, typical shocker from them. And then they fell apart. I'm going to go with Gonzaga, uh, which might doom the Zags. But uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, Gonzaga is really showing itself to be the best team in the country. But now I would like to see a Final Four with the best remaining teams. I would like it to be mm -hmm. Michigan, Baylor, Loyola, and I think what Houston would be the other one. Let's, let's warm this thing up and let's see mm -hmm. what it really looks like in that Final Four. Mm -hmm. Houston and Michigan being the, the other two yeah. there. Well, uh, Fitz, I, I agree. I, I think maybe coming into the tournament, I don't, this might be an exaggeration, but there were like six, seven teams tops with the roster to take down Gonzaga more often, you know, more often than like 20% of the time, something like that. A few of those teams are already gone. I think Iowa was probably in that category. I think Illinois was certainly in that category. There aren't many teams left that I think can test the Zags, but certainly seeing Baylor and Gonzaga, seeing Michigan in there, I think that's what people should be hoping for. And Scott, there was a lot of upsets in the early rounds of the tournament. You know, they, a lot of teams knocked off other teams and made it into the Sweet 16, and then they stunk. <laughs> I mean, that, that Loyola game was awful to watch. Yeah. It was just awful basketball. And uh, it hasn't been a real good, a satisfying second weekend so far. The games haven't been particularly close, so I'd really like a nice Final Four. Mm -hmm. Well, now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question this week is, Scott, how long until Kansas has a new AD or an ad? Maybe they're coming out with a new ad campaign. I don't know. Michael and Yodora asked that question. Well, uh, look, I, I think Kansas has wanted to have a new AD in place, the Jayhawks push back spring uh, practice to March 30th with the hope of getting a new AD in who could then make a decision on how they were going to proceed with that. Obviously, Emmett Jones is the interim coach, and the longer this thing goes, uh, the better it probably looks for him, the chance to, to maybe stay on and coach through the year or get the chance to go into the summer, at least as an interim coach. Sounds like 
you know, maybe within the, the next week, news could be coming sooner rather than later. A couple names, Mike Herity, Army Deputy AD, uh, Travis Goff, who is uh, at Northwestern, both have ties to Kansas, both have been uh, successful, and both come with their own ties to different college football candidates. Obviously, Jeff Munkin being the most notable, the guy uh, at Army, if you don't know, he runs kind of a triple option system there, although uh, I have heard he would adapt it some if he ended up coming to Kansas. So maybe a little early to start talking about football coaching and, and who's going to get hired there, but I do think next week or so on that AD, I would expect there to be movement. Okay, I got follow-up questions. Mm -hmm. uh, is the uncertainty hanging over Kansas sports? Football doesn't have a coach and basketball has that lingering NCAA investigation. Is that preventing AD candidates from wanting the job? I don't know that it necessarily is, but I think the general nature of not having a football coach combined with not having an AD, combined with Bill Self having one year left on his deal, combined with what you just mentioned, the NCAA, I mean, that means you have to nail this hire. Yeah. Like, you can't do a, a C job with this hire and just, you know, hey, everything's going well and just get someone competent. And what? No, you have to do a good job because this person's got to figure out basketball, football, and and so much else. So I, th I do think that maybe is part of it, but I do think they have some good candidates. The two I mentioned, I think, are both certainly qualified. So I think they've got a, a few good names in there. I would stay the course with an interim football coach and see what happens. It worked out in basketball for Wichita State. Say mm -hmm. that. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we'll take a look. We'll review our yearly predictions here on The Drive. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show, our last show of the season. It's time to take a look at our predictions and how we fared throughout the year. Let's look at those overall <laughs> results for the season. Oh, my gosh. Last week, we all went one and two, thus foiling my comeback. Mm. Uh, Scott, uh, I don't think anyone's ever come as close, anywhere close to how bad my year was. Uh, you know what? I would say this. If you only watch the show this year, you'd be like, wow, you know, Fitz is really bad at this. I'm really good at this. If you watched it last year, you would actually have the opposite because I was in Fitz's position. Fitz was in my position. That tends to, to make me think this year was just a little bit more crazy. Uh, I don't mean to brag, but my picks change the money in Vegas dramatically. Because every time I make a pick, everyone would bet the other one and people got uh. wealthy. Well, it's time for our On the Clock segment. And On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One, by Local for a Strong Local Community, and start with Mr. Scott Chasen. Well, Fitz, speaking of picks, you mentioned it. Emmett Jones could be a pick to ride out the year as Kansas football coach. He's the interim coach. He's very much well-liked by players. We've discussed that some 20 players campaigned for him to get that interim position 
uh, on social media leading up to that announcement. I've checked in with recruits. I've checked in with people who have a very high opinion of him and, and want to see him get his chance. may not be the best thing for the program. It may be, but the longer this thing goes, the greater a chance you have to get into the summer, to get in the season with Emmett Jones. I don't think that would be a bad thing for K, uh, would be a bad thing necessarily for Kansas. That gives you a chance to hire a coach on a more normal timeline, maybe in November, maybe after the year. Who knows? Maybe it goes really well and you keep him. Well, big news out of Manhattan this week was Athletics Director Gene Taylor got an extension of his contract and a healthy raise through 2027. Congratulations to Gene. We can look down the road from Manhattan to Lawrence and see what uncertainty an athletic director can do for mm -hmm. your department. Well, K-State's got a steady hand at the wheel. Yeah, he's got some things he's got to fix, but I think he's a good man to make those corrections. That's it for this season of The Drive, and we'll see you next year right here and all the time on social media. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.